Hello, and thanks for tuning in to the Grace Church of Ocala Sermon Podcast. We're equipping disciples who make disciples in Ocala, Florida, and we really want to wish you a happy new year. Welcome to 2017. It's been a couple of weeks since you've heard from us, and we appreciate your patience while we get our act together to come at come at this podcast from a little bit of a different angle. We have been coming at this as a way to just distribute sermons and give out information, but we really do want to make this a podcast that you enjoy listening to. So you're going to be hearing from me every week as I introduce the sermons and give a little bit of insight of what's going on at Grace Church of Ocala. More than just the sermon, we want you to be connected with what the body's doing here in Ocala. And for our first episode this year, we've got something really special. We took our first worship gathering of the year, and all three of the pastors sat down and gave a talk about what God has been doing in their section of the ministry, and about what they're looking forward to in the new year. So this first talk is from Pastor Ryan Gagnon, and and he's been an integral part of the team here at Grace Church. And we're so excited to hear him share about Kid Nation. Kid Nation is our children's ministry, and we've been going through some changes this year. We've been changing our focus to reach these kids and to minister to them where they're at. I think you'll pick up on some of the passion that Pastor Ryan has for these kids, and he's the one who's primarily been teaching and instructing them. He's outlined the curriculum that they've been going through, and he's going to share with us a little bit today about what God's done in this past year and about what he's looking forward to in the coming year. Let's join him now. Amongst everybody about what God's been doing in 2016 and hey eyes on me you guys are a part of that pretty cool huh Max and Soph they're a part of it even if uh, they're gonna be in Sebring you know hanging out with family whatever but we're gonna talk about what God did in Kid Nation cool cool who who here likes report cards show of hands all right that's fair it seems like I, yeah she's like I know what it, I got it. Um, report cards, right? Okay, so we do this where we look back at the last year and we think, okay, what's God doing? Let's look at where we're at as a church body. Let's see what God's been doing. And part of that is Kid Nation. So when I was preparing this, I thought, how best to look back to find out whether or not we would classify ourselves as successful with Kid Nation? Let's look back at our mission statement for Kid Nation. Like, what did we as elders come together and say, this is what we will do, this is, these are our goals, this is what we want to do, and let's see how we measured up this year. So I just want to share the mission statement with you as we go through this over the next couple of minutes. Part, our mission with Kid Nation in Grace Church of Ocala is to equip disciples who make disciples. This means we not only teach God's word to our students, but we focus on developing them to create disciples themselves. We do not believe that due to their age, they cannot disciple other peers. We believe the opposite. We believe that through the teaching of God's word and a relational environment model, the students will see an equipping model and that they will mirror that in their own lives, and the lives of their peers. This does look slightly different in the life of a 7-year-old than a 30 or a 50 or 60-year-old, but the model still holds true. So, we as an elder board came together and we're constantly evaluating what God is doing. So back in, was it July? 
we came together and we said, okay, what's God doing? What, you know, are, are there some places where we need to tweak some things that we're doing? And then we came to a decision that we would change the way Kid Nation is done. For those of you guys that have been here, you knew that it was an alternating model where Pastor Todd would be in the back, I would be in the back, um, and then you know, the, whoever was not in the back would be preaching or teaching up here. We changed that. And what we've seen in doing that is it's been a more consistent experience for the kids, and it's been more helpful for Kid Nation developing as a whole. The first thing that we decided to do in part of the transition with Kid Nation was we reclaimed that room for kids. Uh, for those of you guys that have seen the room, it was a pretty normal white walls, nothing wrong with it, but you're not going to walk in there and be like, yeah, kids. That didn't happen. You can laugh because that was meant to be funny. Um, so through the hard work of Jesse Locke, Stanford, Rachel Jewell, Sarah Gagnon, Deb McQueen, the, everyone came together and everyone had a part. And yes, Miss Deb, you had a part in that. Don't give me that face. Um, everybody had a part in this. And that room got completely changed. Who here has been in the room since it's been changed? It's nuts. Hey, guys, Camille just walked in. Everybody wave at Camille. Yeah. So that room is completely different now. If you've not been in the room, you have homework. As soon as this is over, get in the back. Find out what's going on back there. You got to check it out because one of the cool things that, that Rachel did specifically is we have a mural on the back wall. And the mural is a roadmap of God's story throughout all of history. There are 31 different windows that she painted up there. And what the kids have been doing over the last few weeks is filling out what vignette we're going to put up there so that we can see God's story. And the cool thing about it is they're paper. You can peel them off. So five, six, seven years from now, the next group of kids can do the exact same thing. This is repeatable. So go check that out. How is it that we as a, as, as a ministry, Kid Nation, accomplish the goal of the Great Commission, which you'll hear more about later? The first thing we do is we teach the Word. We build, build everything on the firm foundation of God's Word. We start by teaching His Word to the students because without knowledge of what the Lord has said, we cannot hope to accomplish His Great Commission. When we first arrived, we began teaching in, what do you, what do you guess? Where do you think we first went to? Genesis, right? So we started in Genesis, and through that first year, we plugged, plugged, plugged along. Throughout this year, we started, and the kids know Leviticus. How cool is that? So through Leviticus, the, the, the kids learned not only what the tabernacle is, but its function. They learned that God likes to party, and how God parties. It was really fun teaching that book. We then went through Numbers and Deuteronomy, and they learned about patience, grace, and the love God showed the Hebrews. We applied this understanding for how God loves us, although they didn't like that, more, uh, that Moses wasn't going to make it into the promised land. They didn't like that part at all, but they understood why. This led us to Joshua, where we learned about trusting God in tough times and the importance of including others in what God is doing in your life. They saw how Moses pouring into Joshua led to Joshua becoming a better leader. Their favorite passage here was the conquest of Jericho. They really liked blowing the trumpets. We then transitioned into Judges, where we learned about the sin cycles of the Hebrews and how we do the same thing today. And a key character here was Samson. And Riley, what did we learn about Samson? Samson. 
What was Samson? A bonehead. A bonehead, right? And then what happens when the Holy Spirit comes upon his people? Yeah, you got to do it. Yeah, there you go. There you go. We learned in Ruth that trusting God, even when everything's totally busted, is worth it. He will take care of you. We then transition into 1 Samuel, and we've gotten to the place where King David is being anointed. Or David is being anointed, I should say. I share this with you this morning to show you the importance we place on God's story, his love letter to his people. The second thing we do to accomplish our goal is we create a relational environment. We do this by getting involved not only in the lives of our students, but the lives of their parents. Our goal is not simply to equip the student, but to come alongside of the parent to assist them in their walk with God. We show them we love them by serving them. The world in which we live is becoming more and more isolated, so we invite organic relationship because that is what people are starved for. Here's how we accomplished that in this last year. Through time spent with families, whether it be through visits to homes, parties, meals, hospitals, this was accomplished by the time spent outside of Sunday morning with people and their kids. Number three, remember fun. Fun's kind of important. We are called to disciple students, and that is incredibly difficult, if not impossible, if they're not enjoying themselves. We do this through interactive and creative games that illustrate truth to the students, but are also fun. The teaching we do falls under the same category. If the students do not enjoy the time, they'll find no value in it. This was illustrated this past year in our sketches. So one of the things that we'll do with them is we'll go through a passage, and then after the passage, we'll have them reenact it through a sketch. They really like this. They like to fight over who gets to be the God, who gets to be God or what have you. Now, we're going to see something kind of cool in the coming year where you guys are going to get to see some of those sketches, but more on that later. Closing up, here were our goals that we set three years ago. Spiritual growth in our students and witnessing it. This should be evident not only to the Kid Nation staff, but to families as well. This could show itself through a more focused prayer life, increased sensitivity, and improved behavior. We have witnessed all of those things. Students actively sharing their faith. This would be evident by speaking with the students, following up with them, and asking them about who they're inviting to the church building or who they're talking to about Jesus. We've also seen this happen. My, my, my kids in particular have been doing that in our neighborhood. Finally, it would be evidence through student serving. This would be not only serving with Kid Nation, but also the church body. And these kids can pick up some sticks like a beast. These kids serve the body. When Cam comes in every morning, he goes in and wants to hand out the papers and do all. It's, it's really cool to see. So where are we going in 2017? We're going to provide more opportunities for connection between Kid Nation and the adult body here. Something that you'll see coming forward is more sketches. What it is we're doing out there, we're going to be doing here with the body because you're accountable for them. As a body, we're bound together. And we believe that the more connection that we have together, the better our walk will be with God. We believe that love is spelled T-I-M-E. Spend time with the kids. Spend time back there. Go check it out. These kids are awesome. Finally, this is the last paragraph of our mission statement that we wrote three years ago. Kid Nation is a place where kids can come and feel comfortable, not only learning about God, but also growing together and sharing their lives. 
Our mission is to equip them to make disciples of their own. This has been the call by God on Grace Church of Ocala, and Kid Nation is a part of that. That only happens through the grace of God and the team of people he has assembled and will continue to assemble. This document used the term we purposefully because without the body of Christ, this ministry will not accomplish the Great Commission. You guys good? You guys on board? You ready to get involved in some kids' lives? Cool. Thanks for sharing with us, Pastor Ryan, about your heart for kids. It really is encouraging to hear where he's coming from. If you haven't met Pastor Ryan, you should know that if he's anything, he's authentic. And so when he says that he's, he cares about these kids, he's, he's saying it from the bottom of his heart. Love is spelled T-I-M-E. We're really quick to forget that. And Pastor Ryan's been demonstrating that he believes it by all of the time that he's been spending with those kids, teaching them all the way through the Bible with the goal of going from Genesis to Revelation. It really is incredible. Next, we're going to be hearing from me. I'm Pastor Michael Lockstanford. I take care of the creative media at Grace Church. I produce this podcast. I take care of the website. And I also am primarily responsible for planning and organizing and leading our worship gatherings on a weekly basis. And I'm going to present to you a little bit of a picture of the whole church, what 2016 looked like for all of us. And I did lean on some graphic elements in my PowerPoint, and all of that should be available to you in the show notes for this episode. So be sure to check those out. Let's listen in now. Good morning, church. <laughs> um, as, as Ryan has done for us in Kid Nation, my task this morning is, as we've gathered together is to talk about where uh, the church at large has been through this year. And I get cynical about stuff like this. It's, it's the report card, right? Um, you think, oh, well, I, I worked hard and I should have better grades than I do. And I get cynical. And so one of the things that I did this week was I went back and I listened to our first sermon of 2016, which was us doing the same thing a year ago. And as challenging as it was to hear where, I thought, where we thought we were going to be headed into this year, it was encouraging to see how God moved in our ignorance, where God moved in the places that we thought we had nailed down, and we thought we had it all together, and he's like, y'all still need me, and as, as, as hard as that was to, to listen to and to walk through, it was comforting for, to hear him say, y'all still need me, so we're doing a celebration, this is the first day of a brand new year, and I don't normally get excited about things like that, but there's something this year that I don't know where you guys are at, but I've actually felt excited. Like, it's a new year. That's exciting for me. And so we want to celebrate that, and I want to give you some facts. I want to give you some information about what 2016 has been for Grace Church this year. Um, this, if you've gone through the membership class, this is familiar with you, familiar to you. This is our process of assimilation, which is a fancy way of, of saying we thought through how people join a church, and this is kind of how it works. So we contact people, you know, we meet people, we connect with them, 
We have relationships. They commit, either they commit to Jesus, hopefully primarily they commit to Jesus. Then we also would like for them to commit to our church and join our church. And then we commission them, as, as Pastor Ryan was saying already this morning, we commission them to go and make disciples as well as followers of Jesus. Um, one of the benefits of us making this chart years ago, and I didn't realize that until I was looking at it this week, is that the contact and the connect are the biggest circles. They take the most time. And when we started three years ago, we didn't know anybody in the neighborhoods. And so we are now two, three years in to meeting people. And God is working in those, and it's really, really exciting. So let me give you some numbers. Worship gathering, first-time guests in 2016. There were 55 people in 2016 who walked in here for the very first time. We had different parties, different block parties, and this is the only soft number I have. I'm going to say there were at least 80 people that we met that were at parties this year. We had three at least. I think we had three or four. Um, there were five people who chose to be members here this year, and there were three people who chose to follow Jesus in baptism. So that's really exciting. Yeah, you can be excited about that. It's really cool. Where'd my thing go? Um, we had 720 different people look at our website this year. There were 553 people who watched a video that we put on YouTube. And there were 391 people who downloaded a sermon off of our podcast. We have a podcast. I didn't, this is kind of a technology that not a ton of people know about. But we can just put audio up on the internet and people can download it and listen to it whenever they want. And there's 391 times in 2016 somebody did that to a sermon that was preached here. So if you come on a week-to-week -week basis, sometimes it can feel a little bit discouraging because there's you know, 10, 15, 20 people on a Sunday morning. It seems like a small church, right? But these are real people. These are, these are numbers, but they're real people that have had an interaction with what God is doing here. And it's exciting to see. And it's encouraging. It's exciting. So that's, those are just kind of some hard numbers. I want to walk you through because I don't realize, I don't think that I realized how much we learn in a year. So with our teaching, we started in Colossians, then we went to Jeremiah, then we did a whole overview, by, a whole overview of the Bible talking about Jesus as the satisfaction of our hope around Easter time. We looked at Philippians, we looked at, um, that was your series, well, uh, Zechariah, right? Um, and then we started in John, and the first section of John was our song in the night, the second was through the valley of shadow, and then we just closed up another whole Bible series talking about Jesus as the fulfillment of, of Christmas. So that's a lot. Those are all the series, all the sermon series that we did this week. We've been through five and a half books of the Bible this year. We've done two overviews of the whole Bible together. We've been through six books of the Bible in our Bible fellowship time, the hour beforehand. Plus, we, we spent a whole several, a whole couple months on, our, on a doctrinal statement, which is, you know, is hard to wrap your head around. Um, there were three what I call extracurricular classes because I didn't know what to call them, but these are three classes that didn't happen on a Sunday morning. Um, the ladies had two, I think, different independent studies this year. One of them was how do you study your Bible? How do you read it for yourself? Um, and then one of them was a discipleship class. And, and 
to understand what it is that Jesus asks for us. We've had three different multi-week extracurricular classes, and we've learned 11 new songs this year. So if, if you're joining us for the first time or you haven't been here in a, in a while, this morning might feel like I don't know any of these songs. Well, that's because we did primarily songs that we learned this year. Um, and the, the reason why we teach so many songs is because for each of those series, there's a song that goes with it. When we sing, I will follow you into the home of the hopeless, we're thinking of Jeremiah. Um, when we sing our song in the night, which we didn't do this morning, we're wrestling with the world is dark and we have to deal with it. And Jesus, what hope do you have for us? 11 new songs. That's exciting for me. I'm, I'm partial to that statistic personally. Yeah. But, but those are numbers and that's stuff that, that we can say, okay, let's hang my hat on this. I, I can know what's going on. But th there's stuff that doesn't fit in a picture. There are things that God is doing in our body that don't fit on a chart. And I left my notes over there somewhere. So I'm going to shoot from the hip. God, in his grace, is getting in touch with people who want nothing to do with him through this church. We've, we've spent a lot of time talking to people, which can sometimes be frustrating. I don't know if you ever talk to people, but sometimes people are frustrating. And sometimes people are frustrating because they want nothing to do with what God is doing. And we've seen God this year take people that are running in the opposite direction from God, stop and say, what is it that God wants with me? Why does he keep pursuing me? And I can think of at least three situations of individual people in, in our body that are now asking God, what is it that you want from me? And they're wrestling with that. And that is super encouraging. They may not be here every week. They may not ever show up in this building, but God is reaching through our church to touch their lives. One of the other things that happened this week, we, we welcomed Camille when she came back in, but she went off to, to, uh, to basic training. And some of the ministry that she's had there in the army, which is a place that I will never be able to have any kind of ministry, has been incredible. Young ladies in the army are coming to understand who Jesus is and what he wants from them. And they're responding in faith, and that's super exciting. Um, I think of the kids and how they're growing, and, and it's just mind-boggling to see what it is that God is doing. But there are things that don't show up in a graphic. There are numbers that we can't put. How do you put down personal growth? How do you describe to people in, in an Excel format that you're reading the Bible and it's coming to life and God is showing you himself from the scriptures? We've had testimony of people that that has happened to them this year through what God is doing in the church. People who are familiar with the Bible and who have read it and now this year have started to understand like, oh, this is important. God has showed himself through what he's already said. And that doesn't fit on an Excel sheet. Here's our test. It's not going to be up there. And Jesus came and said to them, All authority in heaven and on earth has been given to me. Go therefore and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the Father, of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit, teaching them to observe all that I have commanded you. 
So what you hear there as I close my talk is us reciting the Great Commission, Matthew chapter 28, verses 18 through 20. And we close every single worship gathering by reciting that together. And so when I said that this is the test, the test was we've said it together for 52 weeks of the year. Can you say it? Can you recite it without seeing it on the screen? And the next talk from Pastor Todd McQueen is really going to lay that out for us. We've looked at what God's done this past year, and we're looking forward to see what God might be doing in 2017. So let's go ahead and take a listen to Pastor Todd McQueen in our last talk now. We'll be in Matthew chapter 28, verse 18. Good job, everybody, on reciting that. And isn't it, it's pretty cool to sit, sit down and then to look back and to celebrate, to look back and say, man, God did some pretty cool stuff. Sometimes when we look back, it's through the, oh, that time wasn't very good, but I saw God working. I'm sure when you left for boot camp, it was like, oh, this is going to be so much fun. But now that you're done, you can look back and see some cool stuff. How many of us in the last year have said, man, that was a rough year. There were some rough points in there. But man, as you look back now, you can see where God had did some pretty cool things. When we get to Matthew 28, we're at the end of the book. And Jesus came and said to them, so who's them? Who's there? Who's he talking to? This is interactive. The disciples. How long had he spent with them to get to this point? Three and a half years. So he had spent quite a bit of time with them. And he says, hey, fellas, um, I'm Jesus, and I'm going to say to you. And Jesus came and said to them, the 12 disciples, or the 11 at this time, all authority in heaven and earth has been given to me. We just got done going through the Christmas series, and Jesus is the great expectation, expectation of the present king. He's risen to the right hand of the Father, the boss over everything, dominions of heaven and earth. Not only is he the boss of whoever's going to be our next 15 presidents over the UN, but all over the angelic host and all over the demonic host. He's king, ruler, boss. And Jesus comes and says to them, at this point he's resurrected from the dead, so it's a kind of a big deal, isn't it? He's come back from the dead. All authority in heaven and earth has been given to me, guys. I know I'm back from the dead. I've just conquered sin and death. What's hard this morning is to bring, I want to give you the whole backdrop of Matthew. Because he comes to the disciples. And this morning I have to ask, are you a disciple of Jesus? What does that mean? Did you go to the spiritual Coke machine, drop 25 cents in the machine and said, I got me some Jesus, I got me some forgiveness of sins, and I'm a disciple? We read the scripture this morning. What did Jesus say the cost was? Hey, if you want to follow me, what's it going to cost you? Everything. How much did it cost the disciples to get to this point in the story of Matthew 28? Everything. They spent three and a half years, and it wasn't on a Caribbean cruise ship. What did they see happen? Just name off some things that the disciples saw Jesus do. Heal the sick. Raise the dead. Huh? Give sight to the blind. 
Walk on water. Okay, when did Jesus do these things? Did he set up a, hey, here's the calendar, guys. Next Monday at 2 p.m., I'm going to raise some dead. So you all need to be there. No. Hey, fellas, let's take a stroll. Let's take a walk. Let's go to the top of the mountain. I'm going to pray for a little bit. Man, here comes a whole bunch of people. Hey, you guys got a lunchbox? Yeah, what do you got in your lunchbox? Well, I got, man, I got a quick carry out from Publix. Well, good. Feed 10,000. Feed 5,000. Watch your nuts. See the need, boys. Meet the need. Let me teach you how to love them. When did Jesus do this? Did he set an appointment with them and say, sign up for discipleship class and go there and I'll meet with you? No, where are they at? Where are they with him? How are they with him? How would you describe it? They live with him. He's walking with them. In developing relationships is where he made it. Through relationships is how he made his disciples. At the Matthew 28, he says, I'm going to give you guys a command, and I'm going to tell you to do what I just got done doing. It took three and a half years. All authority has been given to me, Jesus says. In Revelation, we know that John turns around. We like, uh, we like to joke about John. John writes, we, I really like, I call him Goofy Uncle John. Okay, because he writes John, and he gets the revelation, and he's the only guy that has this great revelation, ends up worshiping the wrong angel, and the angel's like, don't worship me, you don't get it yet? But John is in, in on Isle Patmos and has this vision, and here's this voice behind him. And so John turns around and sees him, and is like, whoo! That is God. To him who gives us all the forgiveness of our sins. To him whose eyes are now ablaze with fire, whose feet are like bronze. Says, hey, go and make disciples. In your going. That's why I asked you, when did Jesus make his disciples? It wasn't a program. It wasn't Wednesdays at 7 p.m. It wasn't Sunday at 10 a.m. When did he go? When did, how did he do it? In his going, in his doing, in his life, he did what he's asking them to do, to make disciples. So the word is, in your going, go therefore, while you're doing life, make disciples. And a disciple is one who has said, I will follow Jesus. And like Pastor Michael taught this morning, the last time you will make an individual choice in a local church is whether or not you'll accept Jesus. If you haven't accepted Jesus Christ, your personal Savior this morning, I want to ask you if you've done that. Do you recognize your need? Hey, I'm a sinner, and i got to take care of this. Do I believe and I want to follow Jesus? And then when it's, do I follow, what does then that look like? Who do I join up with to do this? Because look back at how Jesus discipled. There was a, there's 12 of them. They 12 together. Imagine Jesus walking down 314. There's 13 of them. What are they doing? Oh, he's discipling. Ladies, you go to Walmart. You go there by yourself or you take somebody with you. What is she doing? Oh, she's discipling. 
13 people with her. That is the goofiest thing I've ever seen. Yeah, she's discipling. Fellas, you're going to go and watch the game. Why does he invite 13 people over to watch the game? Oh, he's discipling. As you're going through life, do it in relationships with other people to make disciples. Because following Jesus is about relationships. We like to say, would you like to have a relationship with God? We don't do religion, we do relationships. But we like to get ourselves a little bit of Jesus, then go in isolation and say, but I'm doing pretty good all by myself. Jesus would never agree to that. He never made disciples all by himself. Did he spend time by himself? Yes, he did. But where did, where, in front of whom did he do all these miracles? A bunch of people. So if you take away all the things we remember about Jesus and we list all of the miracles, you got a whole bunch of other time of watching a football game on a Friday night, sitting in the stands with other women who were watching their kids, picking up kids from the daycare, going to Walmart, living together. Sharing life together. Does that make sense? And so, and as a Grace Church of Ocala, we say these verses every single Sunday. And it's incredibly important because we can become people who like to do church together just in our little box that looks like a Mediterranean resort between two housing collections. But we say it when. When do we say the, these verses? At the end of service. That is not accidental. Because then is when you go and be the church. There is time for us to be the church together. This is like halftime. Unless you're high state last night. I don't know what was said there. Whoo! Because here's where we get together and do life together relationships outside of here and getting to know one another and doing life together. Do you imagine what it was like? Did Jesus have a zealot, a tax collector, and two hot-headed brothers? They called him the sons of thunder and lived together. Guys, you know what it's like to live together. When you moved into the ranch, how long did it take you to not get along with somebody? Instant. But if you guys just had to get together, what's your favorite thing to do at the ranch, John? Play football. So if you only had to show up at the ranch at Wednesdays at 7 and play football, then you got to go back to wherever your super world was. Could you enjoy the ranch? Yeah. But make you live in a house with a bunch of other people? It takes that long to not get along. We like to show up on Sunday and pretend like we're doing really good for an hour. Put you inside the same relationships, interact with one another, and show the world that we love each other because we can forgive and seek reconciliation. Jesus came and said to them, All authority has been given to me. As you're going about life, go and make disciples. And behold, with you to the end of the age. Who's with us? Is it because we're really, we're really good at cheerleading each other on, which we should be doing? Is it really good because I can grow a beard and Pastor Ryan's still trying? 
Do we get to go on this mission because we're gung-ho for 15 minutes come Monday morning? Camille, you have battle buddies. I've seen you post that all over Facebook. If you had a horrible battle buddy, what would life be like? Did you know anybody in the Army that got a horrible battle buddy? Yeah. If you had a battle buddy that was the best in the MOS that's ever been in the Army, and they came to you and said, Camille, I want to be your battle buddy, what would you say? The best it's ever been in the history of the Army. Jesus is that battle buddy. I want to go to battle with you on the best it's ever been. I'm the boss of all bosses. I rose from the dead to the right hand of God. I have power and dominion over everything that exists on earth. Now go and make disciples. And lo, I'll be with you. How long? How long is that? So you've been given a mission, which is what? What is the command in these verses? No. What is the mission? Make disciples. Go, as you're going, make disciples. In the making of disciples, lo, I'm going to be with you always until when? The end of the age. Now, there's some of us are more into the end of our age than some of the others like you guys at the ranch. But to doing it with others, Jesus is going to be there with us until the end of the age comes, which is revelation. Which is until you, all the way through whatever life he's called you to do, whether it's living at the ranch, working at the ranch, whether it's being retired, or whether it's working with the tutor and students, or whether it's in the army, what are you to do? What is your main mission in life while you're there? Make disciples. And the boss, the best battle buddy, the whole wide world is there. So how are we going to do this? That's a whole bunch of theory. Sounded good. Wow, you, you actually preach Matthew 28, 18 through 20. Mm. Go and make a disciple. Every one of us. Take your connection card that's in the chair in front of you. Or pick up one. And who is it going to be? Who is that one person that you know in your life and as you do relationships with who may not yet follow Jesus? Everybody make one this year. What does it take to make a disciple? A lot of T-I-M-E. A lot of relationships. Because some of them don't return much on the dividends. You guys ever make friends with people that just don't pan out? They ended up not wanting to do much? And it's like, whoa, God, that was a lot of waste of time. I'm trying to make a disciple, and I was only in their life for a moment. Or the, the, the things didn't work out, now I don't hardly ever see them again. But God has a mission for us to say, go and make disciples. There will be slow balls down the middle. There will be people in your life that God will bring around in a re repetitive basis that says, who is your disciple? 
Because where do you live? Everybody have an address? The only time I didn't have an address was when I worked in Alaska. But I know everybody in here probably has an address. You got neighbors. You got people you interact with. You guys got like a jillion right around you. So whatever your address, right there is your people. How many of us go into our world on a regular basis, on a regular time during the week, whether we go to work? Robbie, what's the name of your place where you go? You go there every, every day. You got to clock in there every day. And how many guys do you know by name that's there? Huh? 20. So God says, hey, Robbie, I got a job for you. I want you to move to Florida. You're like, ooh, that's crazy. And so you did the whole crazy thing and you moved to Florida. So when he says, go and make disciples to, the, to all nations, start right there at that place. You got 20 people you know there. Ryan, you got a whole bunch of people you know where you work. Write them down. Then where we work and where we go, think about who is it God's brought along into our lives and who will be that one person. Take your connection card and write down some of those names so that we can pray for you as to who that is. And that way, you know what the hard thing about it is? Because on Sunday morning we can say, I'll pray for my battle buddy. And you can write that down on your connection card. What's your battle buddy's name, Camille? Huh? Smith Courtney. Is that backwards? Oh, Courtney, okay. So Courtney, Smith Courtney. You write down Smith Courtney. And you turn it in. So Pastor Michael and I then Ryan pray for you. You're like, oh, cool. The hard part is, is the next time we see you, how is Smith Courtney? Have you had any spiritual conversation with Smith Courtney? What? That's accountability. That's, wow, okay, so God's asked me to do this. Here's a local group of people that's going to actually, like, ask if I'm doing the mission. Were you risky enough this morning to put it on the connection card who that would be? And I understand if you don't want to. But that'll give us an idea of who you are reaching and to motivate us to do that. So the goal for 2017 is... Go and make a disciple. Everyone to have an opportunity to baptize someone this year. That would be awesome. Meet somebody that doesn't know Jesus. Teach them what it means to follow Jesus. To baptize. Because one of the cool things we like to do is the people who have the relationship with them get to do the baptizing. You don't have to be a pastor to baptize. Everybody make one disciple. To have an opportunity to baptize somebody, and everybody relationally teach that one disciple. Jesus spent three and a half years with his disciples, spending time with them. So not only do you find them, pray about them, find them, teach them about Jesus, but then relationally develop time with them, hip to hip, time to time with that person. How are we going to do it? Pray. Maybe it's a big challenge for us this morning to say, that means I've got to get outside of my house. I've got to get out of my comfort zone at work. That means I have to develop relational equity in my community. That's hard. It's a whole lot easier to stand in our comfort zone. Pray about it. Develop relational equity in your community and with those people 
And finally, use your spiritual gift here with the local body to serve the local body. Most of the time I've spent talking about what we're going to do out there. And I think that's what Jesus wants us to do. He started there, making disciples by teaching, baptizing, and obeying all that he commanded. But doing that together as a community called Grace Church of Ocala, where you can use your gifts for one another, with one another, and the goofy hard stuff of relationships. So there's a look at what we're expecting in 2017. And if we haven't met yet, we're praying that our paths will cross soon. We really appreciate you taking the time to listen to this extra long podcast this week. And we hope that we'll hear from you in the future. If you have any questions, you can find us at our website at ocalagrace.org, where you can find our email and connect to us on Facebook and all of those kinds of things. So we hope we'll hear from you soon. Thanks again for listening. We'll see you soon.